Welcome to Series 3 of The Joy of Writing. I'm your host, Mark Carew, author of three novels, and someone who's interested in how other writers write, why they do it, and the fun or joy they get from their writing. I'm joined today by author, journalist and creative writing tutor Lizzie Enfield to discuss her latest book, which is called Finish Your Book, How to Complete Your Half-Written Novel. So, Lizzie, your, your book, Finish Your Book, will be of great help, I'm sure, to a great many writers. Uh, what was your motivation for writing it? Well, it was partly... It was actually... My, my initial inspiration was a tweet from a friend and colleague who was... He tweeted, I'm sitting in a cafe starting to write my novel, um, and he was followed by a lot of other journalists, um, and he got a lot of replies saying, I started to write a novel, I got 30,000 words in, I got 50,000 words in, I never finished it. Um, And and that sort of just caught my eye, that particular tweet. I looked at it and thought, oh, he's writing a novel, is he? And then sort of saw this, and I thought, well, actually, that was... Also, my own experience, when I worked as a journalist and worked at the BBC, um, and there's an old Peter Cook joke that I can't quite remember, but it's something like, you know, someone saying to someone at a party, I'm writing my novel, and they kind of reply, so aren't I. (laughs) Um, So, and I suppose it's also, so it's a little bit of that, of, of my two worlds of work, which are journalism and writing and teaching creative writing. Um, and then just from also my own teaching, seeing, I suppose there, you know, there are a lot of courses to help you start writing and there's, there's, and people are generally, you know, without diminishing their achievements, but it's, I suppose, slightly easier when you've got a certain amount of hand-holding, which a structured course gives you. Yes, um, yes. And it's that point afterwards when you sort of feel, well, I've I've done really, really well, which people have. I've written 50,000 words. That's great, but it's not quite a proper book and it's not quite finished and I've got a bit stuck. So it was really to breach that gap in the market. And I'd been toying with the idea for quite a long time since I first saw yeah. this, this tweet. Um, and then really it was lockdown, which actually the effect that lockdown had on me was to throw me and I'm sure a lot of other people slightly, you know, out of kilter. And I found it quite hard to write myself, but I didn't want the time just to, to vanish. So I thought, well, I'm going to do this now then. Um, and there's just one other thing that I would say in answer to that question, but it was also something that came out in a conversation with someone was that I do you know sort of see a lot of students um have got quite a lot of friends now who are also writers Mm. and I was talking to someone and they said you know you've got a lot of stories really anecdotes about other writers and what they've done and I, I I kind of wanted to share that really because I think it's quite often when you go to a literary festival or a writers conference or something and you see writers speaking they want to, we want to, obviously all appear quite competent, I yeah. <laughs> I'm sure you're the same, and as if it's all effortless, and, it, and, and really I thought it's not, and I wanted to, you know, give people that, that sort of encouragement by saying, look, all these people found it hard as well, but there are little things and tips that, that, along the way that you can pick up that make it easier just to sort of give yourself that final push and to finish. I think that's a very good point um, about you You go along and you listen to a, a, an author, a famous writer, and uh, 
you think, well, all I need to do is listen to how they cracked it and repeat that. But it's nothing like that at all. Nothing like that at all. And a good example that I had of of that scenario really once was I was giving a talk at Winchester Writers Festival. And that was about polishing and perfecting a draft. So it was aimed at writers who'd got a draft and to get it ready to pitch and publish. And for that session, I wanted to show them how very different a first draft is to a final polished draft to reassure them um, to make anyone that was sort of you know has written a whole novel even and was going but it's not quite good enough to go everyone feels that and I asked quite a lot of writer friends have you got a bit of a first draft um, Mm -hmm. of a book that's now published that I can borrow a few pages of or have and show to people and they all said no Um, they were all like oh no no I don't you know and the reason that they said that is because that gap between you know a first draft is so wide that nobody when they've had some success really wants to go look I was as bad you know this is quite bad in the end I ended up having to show them my own um, which I didn't really want to do either but I thought I do want to make that point that you know what you see published of mine is you know is quite far removed from what I first started with and the work on that has brought it to that stage and I wanted that just to be encouraging rather than just making me look bad. Definitely I mean that's that's another thing Um, you know a book is not written from page one to the end Um, it's written out of order it's written in multiple drafts Um, the first draft is the hardest perhaps because you've just got to get your ideas down and then you start work and that can actually be the most sort of pleasurable bit um, yeah, so again, a lot of aspiring writers and even experienced writers, because you're right, you know, you need to remember that all writers find it hard. Yeah, uh, and what you were saying about, you know, it looks like a, you know, what looks like a finished novel has been through all of those drafts. And, um, you know, there is a, a kind of, you know, even all the things that you know you're supposed to do that you don't quite do, but you don't realise that people don't do them as it says in the textbooks so you know kind of plotting is quite a good example because I know a lot of people find it very hard to plot thoroughly and they kind of have this I could finish my novel I know that I could finish it if I just sat down and plotted it but then they think "Mm, I'm still not quite sure and that's a very typical thing that when you pick up a finished book it looks like it's been meticulously plotted and you think it was probably a sprawling mess to begin with and there's quite a lot of reverse engineering that goes into that that you said yourself when we were talking earlier you completely change the ending of a novel yes yes um and a friend of mine did that recently her agent said you know i want a different ending and then you go backwards and have to rework it all and of course to the reader it looks like well they must have planned all of that to begin with but but you haven't and it's it's It's, not seeing that work it's a lovely illusion um uh, and I was thinking, you know, you, you, many people have the 30,000, 50,000 words, they've stalled, they don't know how to carry on. But in a way, they shouldn't be so surprised, because there's not many books that uh, land in your brain fully formed and all you have to do is write them out. No, you know, of, course, of course they do. You have to work with them, you have to look at what you've written and you look at your characters who, if you want plot-driven fiction, they're the first you know, port of call and you have to ask them. And I know, I know there's a lot of contention about talking to your characters but you know you've got to say well what what really would be happening now so yes 
and it's not just a question of asking them. It's, and yeah. I think it's it's understanding because people talk about the characters driving the novel and running away with it. Yeah. But I I often think it's actually it's asking yourself how the character that you have created would behave and that's quite often where you get a contradiction between the character you've created and the thing that you planned for them to do yes and maybe you've warmed to them so you've sort of thought okay three quarters of the way in they're going to murder their mother <laughs> but then as you've been writing them you've thought actually they're not that person or or something less dramatic even you know but they're going to cheat on their husband or they're going to steal from work and whatever it is you think actually i haven't built up to that um <laughs> And that's one of the, you know, sort of things that I say about plotting is you have to think, you know, not do I need someone to be found dead in the back garden for the sake of my plot? <laughs> and mm -hmm. therefore, am I sending someone out to kind of kill someone in the back garden? Or, But that's all got to be credible. So I think that's the thing about characters. It's not so much that they're that they're shaping the novel but, but that what they do has to be believable so you're still in control going you know this is what I want to happen but if your characters aren't going to do it you've got to sort of allow them to take back control I suppose. Yes. So I suppose it's a bit a little bit like improv theatre where you're the director of the play and you've given your characters a lot of leeway you know they're not following a set script but they, they have to do things believable in, in their character. Yeah, that's a very good analogy, and I think all too often people have decided what the plot is, and then the characters right. come in, and they think, no, that's you know, that's not really going to work. Yes. Um, of all the um, advice and um, your experience with um, adult students and creative writing at Arvon and um, uh, Brighton, uh, what, what advice do you think you know normally gets a a glimmer in their eyes? You know that sort of light bulb moment where they, that's hit home. I think quite often it's the very simple things, but sometimes it's giving people just permission for things that they sort of know themselves. Um, and I think when you're you know when you're sort of dealing with the big themes like character development or dialogue or or plotting you know that 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 can they will take all of that in and follow that but quite often people are very nervous of giving themselves permission to do things like you mentioned writing out of order and that's the you know very common one um, or starting again um, so quite often people have they've written 50,000 words and then they're stuck and they you know I say do you know the ending and they'll kind of go, yes, have you written it? No, because I haven't written the, the bit in the middle. And that's really right. just just giving them permission, saying you can write the ending, you can go backwards and do it. Um, giving up is another thing, or actually just trying to write the book. And this is actually something that students do often get the light bulb moment, but it often takes quite a long time to come. And I think that is one of the things of a... One of the downsides of a collective creative writing course is that people are quite often in, influenced by their peers. Mm. Um, and I've certainly seen, so I, I think that that um, telling people to write the novel that they really want to write that really speaks to them. And I definitely had this one student who I cite in the book who was writing a literary novel or trying to write a literary novel. 
and she kept coming in and every week when I would sort of say you know bring in a book that you enjoy reading it was always a crime novel it was always a real page turning thriller and about a third of the way into the course she said oh, you know I'm not really enjoying writing this novel but everybody else said they were writing a literary novel <laughs> and I said you don't have to do that write a crime novel and then she sort of got to grips with it and started writing the crime novel and it all came very quickly and I think we all have that to a certain extent I mean I think every author does you sort of want to be the best mm. and it's quite hard and you, and you set the bar very hard and it's quite hard saying actually I want I want to write to this particular market and I want to use my strengths um, and I want to write to my strengths and that might not be might not mean you know it might mean I'm going to write a very slim literary volume yes. and not a bestseller and bestsellers are you know notoriously difficult to write they look easy but they're they're hard. Um, but I think you know that's one of my main. You know, it's one of those things of saying you can write actually what you want to write, and that sounds so simple. But people are often influenced by a myriad of of other reasons, and they don't do that, and they'll start on something. And and also to to start again. You know, if it's not working, you can start again. Yes, that's very good advice indeed. I mean, there are some projects you take on where one day you should just think, no, oh, I think that's the end of that. You know, we'll we'll move on. I've got a much better idea now. I like your idea about um, students, writers, giving themselves permission um, to try things. And certainly for me, I, I've found that writing is so much about discovery. You know, discover what you want to write, what you, how you're going to write, you know, um, what, what you're going to end up with. But just write something good. Yeah, and it's allowing for it to change as yeah. well. And that's another yeah. thing which is about permission, that people will start out saying, this is what I thought. And then the characters will take on their own life or start yeah. different things. Or they'll read a book and want to take it, you know, or see a film or just something and you think it is an organic process so it's really yeah. driving home that message that it's an organic process and what you started out with is going to take on you know something that you had no idea what it was going to become um, and, you, and you can do that and accept that and go with it you're not you know it's, it's getting that balance between what you control and what you don't control really yes I think too too often people have a uh, one eye on the you know the best-selling charts or the um, the books in the in the bookshop which are on prominent display and they think oh I, I want I've got this urge to write something I'll write one of these um, and that's that's just not such a great idea no and the other thing that I think is which just you know it underlines that really but it's I think it's something that people find very hard to begin with um, and is to allow yourself to really put yourself into the novel, to allow yeah. yourself to filter through into it. And I think that's something that, that, especially when people are starting out, when it's their first novel, it's very hard not to look around you, not to be influenced by other people and to really, you know, put your stamp on it and go, this is me, yeah. this is what I'm putting into it. And that is always, you know, the best work. Um, so, it's, so it's sort of allowing that to happen. Um, but the other thing when you talked about the sort of, you know, the most useful thing, um, and it is this sort of 30,000, 50,000 word block, the most useful thing I think that comes out of this is people 
very often just put too much in to begin with and yeah. they've sort of got the whole story so where they get stuck is because they've given away the whole story in the first 30,000 or 50,000 words and they know that there's a kind of magic number of 80,000 or 100,000 that makes it a novel but they've got nothing more to say and it's that just unpacking things more slowly and I think that is usually one of the most light bulb moments when I say it's all there but you've just given it all away in the first chapter sometimes <laughs> it's just slowing yeah. down so they, they yeah exactly slow down have a have a deep look at what you've written and really um you know take it apart and sort of grow it up again yeah as it were yeah and i um, think people get distracted and i mean i'm sure that you've found this but i've just been reading your novel mm. um, and you've got a very distinctive style a very distinctive voice uh, and I think that that is something that it takes people a while to find and then they start looking around when they found it they start looking around and going well Hemingway didn't write like this or Hilary Mantel doesn't write like like this and it's having that confidence to go no this is my voice this is what I'm doing and okay. I'm carrying on with this and I'm sticking to it and people will grow to love it or pick it up and love it that, that's excellent advice, brilliant advice. I mean, yes, I mean, why are you doing this? Why are you bothering to write a book at all? Um, you know, you, you don't want to write a clone or a pastiche. It wouldn't get published, I'm sure. But, yeah, I mean, that's one of the fun things about writing is to discover yourself and, and write what you can in your own distinctive way. Yeah, and the other thing is, obviously, you know, when you say why are you writing the book in the first place, and it, this, again, it sounds so simple that it sounds ridiculous almost to mention it, but it is the storytelling, mm. and I, that, that is something that, that, again, it hinders people because quite often they'll get so caught up in the actual writing and some of the constructs of the writing and the style and a scene or something. And then when you say, what's the book about? What's the story you're trying to tell? That will somehow get lost. So that's one thing that I really emphasise is, you know, keep reminding yourself actually what the story is and what that excitement of yes. the story is and what it is that people are going to pick up and go oh this sounds interesting I want to read it and very often you know myself included you suddenly get bogged down in a bit of it's going to be set here and I've got to do all the research here and you, you forget what the story is and that's what people are picking it up and wanting to read it for and that is also what you set out to do to sort of to, to tell a story that's that's right i mean you set out to uh you know um formulate the continuous fictive dream um and uh yeah you're not writing a thesis or an explanation or a rant <laughs> you're trying to fool you're trying to fool the reader to you know come along into this fictional world i'll tell you a great story and you'll have and fun. all of that might come into it yeah the thesis and the exploration and the rant might be part of it but it's still a story isn't it exactly. it's still as you say you're saying come into this world we're going to rant a bit along the way but you yeah. know there's going to be a you know you're going to meet some people and they're going to be interesting and you're going to wonder what's going to happen to them and, it, and it'll all be tied up at the end. Your time won't be wasted. Yeah, very good, very good. Well, I, I hope that hits home with um, listeners and readers of the book. I mean, it's it's all good advice. You've got so much good advice there. And um, one bit I liked uh, particularly was the quote from Oscar Wilde, which was about... Um, you know, humanity never had a roadmap to follow, <laughs> um, but it, you know, it's it sort of got there in the end, and it's still going. And I, I think that's a really nice um, illustration of 
of how a writer works. Yeah, and you have to allow for serendipity, and mm. and that I I think when we talked before, it's and I I it's it's that waiting for that magic to strike, and there's you can't there's nothing you can do about that really. You yeah force it but it's it's being patient and knowing that it will come and I think that's something that is much easier for second time writers I think if you've got one book out of the way sometimes it's not but it is something that you know every author on their fourth fifth sixth whatever novel will sort of have a draft and and it will be lacklustre yeah um and it's just but then you have the knowledge that at some point something will strike and you'll think, oh, if I just do this or just add this theme or this storyline, that will lift it. Um, and that's quite hard when you're starting out, kind of thinking, I'm telling this story, but it's not really singing. Um, and something comes in, and that's really the only way I know how to describe it, is the sort of magic of it. And then that's not very helpful when you're a creative writing tutor to go wait for the magic to strike. <laughs> like I want. But it is, yeah. it's just that that something and it's with that in all art forms isn't it it's you know you can paint by numbers mm. but you need something and I think I don't know if you've ever seen the did you see the film about um Turner I don't think I did there's a great scene in that and and that's that sort of magic of a painting when he's he's got one of his huge seascapes and they're hanging it on the walls of the Royal Academy for the summer exhibition and he kind of comes and it's already sort of takes the stepladder because it's quite high on the wall and climbs up and adds one single splodge of red paint. In oh, the that's right. And Constable saw it and yeah. then was um, realised who he's up against sort of thing. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And it's that, you know, it's that it can be a tiny thing, but it's that splodge of red paint yes. that makes it something, you know, lifts it, gives it something else. It's that sort of touch of magic. Yeah, I mean, on magic, I think one thing that you would never really realise or believe was possible until you've, you've got a, a lot of experience, Sunday, about writing is that you will get to the point where you can sit down every day and write something. So, for example, I'm yet to do my daily write of a thousand words. I have no clue whatsoever I'm going to be writing about. I just know that when I sit down and start thinking about it, something will come. And yeah. so that, that's sort of like advanced meta advice of, um, you know, if you keep going at this game, it does get easier because you get more skills. And stuff comes. Yeah. And you make two very important points there. It is that, you know, doing it regularly. And I always say to people, you know, it might not be every day, but if it's at least once or twice a week. Yeah. Um, but the other point you made in that sentence is it's the thinking time as well mm. and I kind of often say to people if you absolutely can't because you have to drive you know if you commute to the Outer Hebrides every day or something and you're you know you're already getting up at five in the morning but you can think during that time and it's that thinking time so that when you sit down and your goal a thousand words a day you know that's quite an ambitious goal um I've sort of often say to people if, if it's 250 words a day or you have a big writing day at the weekend and it's 2,000 words on your yeah. big writing day but as long as you keep it going and keep build, building it up and keep thinking about it and I suppose that's the opposite of magic because we've talked about magic but and the opposite of that and that sounds far more hippie-ish than I intend as well because I you know I it is graft 
and the yeah. other side of that is it is graft and it is that sitting down and doing it no matter what even if you don't feel like it even if you end up with a thousand words and you think they're no good it won't write itself so it's yeah, that combination absolutely. of doing it and then keeping faith that even if it feels no good that it will all come together at some point and I also on that point know people who've gone back to drafts that have been no good and they've gone back to them in 10 years time yeah. and had that spark of do you know what if I do this with this novel and restructure it slightly it will work um, I, I know someone that's got a book out at the moment actually which is doing phenomenally well and exactly that this book was rejected by 10 publishers um, it sat in a drawer for several years she suddenly went I'm going to restructure it start at this point do it like this bring in some themes that were very important to her and it was suddenly this everybody's you know going mad about this novel so mm. it's excellent I suppose it's a bit like wine as well it's a long game I'm looking at the bottle of wine behind <laughs> <laughs> but, um, uh, this this is all all very true I, I mean I, I sense there's a sequel there finish your other book um, number two in, in the series because uh, yeah I mean th this book is full of great advice it's going to be picked up by many um, writers um, and advice is recommendation for further action or future action and there's got to be lots of good things in here so it was a pleasure to talk to you about it and I look forward to talking to you again about reaction to the book and um, any other books you're writing so thank you Lizzie so much lovely talking to you too thank you Mark in the next episode, I will be talking to Lizzie about the publication and marketing of her book and how she uses her own advice in writing book number seven. You can leave feedback on any of the episodes at podchaser.com forward slash the joy of writing or wherever you listen to your podcasts.